Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Secure Chat Podcast. Uh, this is going to be the first episode of 2021. I hope everyone had a good New Year, was well rested, and coming back to work with a clear mind. Sean, how was your uh, time away? Uh, wasn't too bad. Um, little hack towards the end as a few projects wrapped out, but I guess that's just uh, you know the way it goes in IT. Did get a couple long weekends in there, which was nice. How was yours? It was good. I mean, for Christmas, uh, just due to the nature of COVID, we kept things small. Just my brother and I did something for Christmas. And then uh, for New Year's, kept it small again. And I just hung out with uh, one of my buddies. Um, But, you know, it is a bit of a weird year. Uh, So things, you know, we weren't doing like traditions like normal, uh, but it was still good to have some time off, kind of clear the mind and, and be ready to hit the ground running in January. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Did Santa bring you anything good? Uh, I got some golf clubs, so that was big. Golf clubs are always Hopefully huge. I can get like three or four strokes off of my uh, game, which would really help my life. Yeah, I what mean, about you? you might be able to break 100 then. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, you know, got a couple books, some new dish towels, you know, some some really fun adult-like uh, presents. Uh, other than that, yeah, yeah. I didn't, didn't really get much this year. Didn't really ask for a lot of things. Um, being at home, you kind of just get used to what you have, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I can definitely tell that we're getting older now because my mom got me a Yankee candle, bed sheets, uh, dish uh, dish rags for the kitchen, um, and then some towels like for my bathroom and a coat. And I mean, I was so pumped up. <laughs> like, yeah, super. It's all up stuff that it. if we would have got when we were like nine or ten, we would have you know been like you know what the hell is this? Yeah, ran to our room crying. Yeah, exactly. Wanted to talk to him for a couple of days. Now we're super excited about it. All right, so what's on the menu for today, Corey? We're going to be having two episodes this month. Uh, one's going to be the first one, which is this, will be a high-level overview of just cloud security, um, what you can do uh, to basically protect the applications that you have in the cloud, your user accounts in the cloud, all of that good stuff, maybe even kind of common misconceptions about cloud security. Um, and then the next episode, we're going to be going into more specific events around cloud security, what caused them um, and how they could be prevented. Um, Sean, do you kind of want to give a brief high level overview of cloud security? Sure thing. So cloud security, I think a lot of misconceptions are that if your data is in the cloud, then you're kind of just, you know, wash your hands of any type of security protocols or things like that. Um, With cloud security, there's two layers to it. So there's the layer security that you have to be responsible for yourself, either as an individual or as a company. And that's just making sure you have proper policies set up, um, you know, making sure that people aren't using their cloud account for own personal information, uh, not logging into different emails on the same computer, things that we've, we've covered in a lot of the past episodes. What the cloud vendor's responsibility is going to be is making sure that they are completely locked down and compliant uh, with not one, but potentially even multiple uh, certifications across the board in the industry uh, and making sure that there's no vulnerabilities that allow for attackers to get in to their systems and, and bring out information. Because what happens then is if a cloud vendor is hacked, 
you don't have one company's data going out the door. You have potentially thousands of companies' data going out the door. So the the need for cloud security at a vendor level is ex- extremely important. And that's what sort of yeah. makes the difference between having like the middle of the pack uh, vendors in the IT space uh, versus like those those cutting edge leaders that have all the certifications that completely lack on their stuff. And you can be, I guess, like sleeping well at night knowing that your data is secure. Yeah. And one thing that is definitely a common misconception about cloud security is that if you move data or applications from, you know, an on-prem server to the cloud, that just because of that, it's automatically more secure. Um, I don't, you know, that's not necessarily true, but where that uh, thought comes from is that once you go to a cl- once you go to the cloud, a lot of the security measures that you have to be responsible for in an on-prem re- uh, environment, those security uh, responsibilities get transitioned over to that cloud vendor. Um, basically, it should just be an easier transition because since you know cloud vendors have the ability to host you know 60, 70 companies at a time, they already have security measures in place. Um, and then when you move everything to the cloud, uh, you can kind of uh, wash your hands of the um, on-prem security that you're used to being responsible for. Exactly. And I think what's important to point out, too, is when you do move stuff to the cloud, realistically, the only thing between you and then like the cloud vendor is your account and your passwords. So this is where mm-hmm. password security is even upped. Um, as far as like the the importance of it, because if your account gets cracked or brute forced um, and that person successfully logs in, I mean, they can log in from anywhere. It's not like they have to be right outside your company. They don't have to be on your Wi-Fi or on your network. They can be anywhere in the world. And then once they have the keys to your account, they can get in and they can download or export whatever they want. And if you have misconfigurations as far as letting people have admin accounts that they shouldn't or have have global admin to an account where you know they're just using it as their daily personal account um what what happens there is you allow for a huge attack to be done and in reality there's really nothing the cloud vendor could have done on that because it was your misconfigurations for allowing too many people to have too much access and not really restricting or pulling that back at a user level yeah, you make a good point. Definitely some of the security responsibilities do get transitioned to the cloud vendor once you put things on the cloud, but there are still security measures that like you personally need to be taking as far as, you know, setting up two factor for your environment, um, making sure that uh, all of your applications are maybe hosted into like a My Applications portal or an Okta portal where it's one um, secure place. And then also making sure that, you know, you don't have too many admin accounts or you don't have just a bunch of accounts with high level permissions that if they get compromised, and that can mean a lot of bad things for your environment. Exactly. And that's where different places or different areas of security come into place. Um, we've seen a lot of different SSO type solutions come in the door in the last six months or so. Um, not necessarily just due to COVID and a lot of the work from home, but I think that the work from home orders and the, the amount of companies that had transitioned off to that sort of started raising the questions of how do we make this easier? How do we make this more secure so that way one person isn't using the same username and password for nine different sites? Because realistically, if they get fished once, then if the if the attackers have any type of information, which normally they do on a company, they can probably then quickly hit five or six other sites and see if they can get in. 
Yeah. So now with, you know, everything uh, or with things kind of moving to the cloud, there's now three groups that have responsibility to keeping the cloud secure. And that would be the cloud vendor. Um, Then it would also be the internal IT department, just making sure, you know, MFA set up, the admin accounts are being audited. And then also the end user. Um, They need to make sure they're not recycling passwords uh, for different accounts uh, and kind of keeping things more at random. That way, if they do get compromised, uh, whoever compromises them doesn't have the keys to the castle. Um, But now that things are, you know, moving to the cloud and cloud security is a big topic, Sean, what are some of like the common uh, cloud security threats that we're seeing in the industry? The the main one that everyone's going to see and this is the one that usually breaks into the 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 media and the newsreels is simply just breaking in and getting user account information so what i mean by this is when there's attack that comes through the gates and gets into a cloud vendor um, for the most part they're the attackers are just running a full scrape for all the data that they can possibly get so this is going to be usernames passwords if the information that follows is in the accounts they'll take it so stuff like your address your phone number any type of personal information that you use to sign for the account uh security questions any of this information for the most part i mean if someone gets my cell phone number at most like i'm going to get a lot of junk text or calls or, or things like that but as we've talked about in previous episodes Realistically, the data is what the attackers are after, because all they're doing is they're just going to get as much as they possibly can. And they're going to sit on it for three or four months, wait for that information to sort of break on a newsreel, like when that cloud vendor does have to own up to the fact that they were breached. And they sell off that data in in chunks or stacks to the highest bidder. And what then those those buyers will do is they take that data and that's when they sell it off to, you know, a a telemarketing company and they sell the cell phone numbers off or for junk mail, they'll they'll you know sell sell their address or your home address to a type of information that will even possibly look for physical break ins to the locations. Um, you know, the next episode or the next half of this episode we're going to be talking about is a lot, a lot more of the actual threats and stuff that have come through. Um, but one that sort of sticks out is there was recently a company called Ledger that got hacked earlier in the year, and they're known for making the cryptocurrency cold wallets. Um, so you have an actual physical, you know, device in your home that stores all your cryptocurrency. All the physical home addresses of the people who signed up for accounts with this were leaked in a data breach. So now you have people that know how much cryptocurrency they potentially have on their devices and where they live. So the fear in the in the, the crypto space right now is that anybody that has those devices, um, you know, and they have a lot, large amount of, of cryptocurrency on those devices, if an attacker is gutty enough to really want to risk a break and enter, I mean, nothing's stopping it because they know where they live and they know that they have this device stored somewhere in their house. It's it's just one of those things that shows like, you know, your physical address, while yes, that can be looked up across all public records, your physical address can be used as a, an attack vector for something down the line that you may not think about. Yeah, no, you make a really good point. Um, there's definitely a lot of security threats uh, or new security threats that we're seeing with the cloud. And we're kind of seeing that uh, when uh, a cloud company gets a vulnerability exposed, the ripple effect of it is much larger than uh, we were seeing in on-prem environments. Exactly. And I think the, the worst feeling, and this is 100% the responsibility of the cloud vendor, um, is the timely reporting of a breach. So mm-hmm. when you looked at stuff like Equifax, um, when you look at stuff like this ledger hack, um, you, have, you have these items that have been 
open and exposed for months and months. And like the attack happened almost last year or last summer or or nine to 10 months ago. And you're just hearing about it now that you're attacked. In my mind, like, what's the point of letting me know a year after the hack that, you know, my account was compromised? Because what if I was a user that shared, you know, the same username and password for a bunch of accounts? Like within a year, like I can already have been compromised three different ways. Um, so I think the, the most important thing for a cloud vendor is that that responsibility to be auditing your systems, to to have a whole bunch of different vectors set up that you can tell if there's been a breach or if there's been anything that happened. And in the event that there is a breach, that you're reporting it right away. So your end user basis knows, OK, I, I may have an opening. I may be exposed right now. How do we how do we go into a fire drill and fix this? Yeah, no, you make a good point. Um, with how dynamic IT departments are becoming, um, time is of the essence. Um, so, you know, the quicker you can get that information out, uh, the easier it is to kind of recover from the situation. I remember uh, it was like late last year, it would have been like SolarWinds was hacked and weren't they pretty responsive on letting people know that it happened and basically why it happened? Yeah, and we'll, we'll dive into that more in the next episode. But that was, that was one of the, I guess, like the the better companies as far as responding with what happened and making it pretty clear there's been a lot of different information that's out there as far as you know different cybersecurity companies letting out like their thoughts and their notes on it so there's a lot of digestible reading material to figure out what's going on so in the event that you are worried about what's going on with that uh that information is available and for the most part most IT companies should have a, a resource that's looking for different articles that come out like that so they are abreast on the situation of what what stuff's out there um so this should shouldn't be anything new to any current mm. it administrators but uh we're gonna go more in depth in that uh with the next episode and sort of figure out what's going on and what where things went wrong essentially yeah and you know before we get into any specifics then what are kind of just some high level baseline ways um that the companies can secure the data that they have on the cloud so i think having Having control of your own backups is important. Um, I think that the, the appeal to cloud right now is that it's just cheap. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's, there's no fighting that there's really going to be nothing cheaper than using cloud storage, um, and cloud hosted servers. Um, you know, hardware prices for servers are, are through the roof. But if you have the ability to have at least one copy of your data as a backup, um, whether it's whether it's tapes, whether you have just hard drives that have critical information backed up, um, this is sort of like on the responsibility for the for the customer on the the the, the, the cloud vendor side. Um, so as mm -hmm. a customer of like a cloud vendor, you also have a responsibility to to not essentially put all of your you know all of your eggs in one basket with that. Um, because if that cloud vendor does get attacked and you are completely relying on them 100%, then you're just as exposed as anybody else. So having that two-factor authentication on all your, your profiles, even using an SSO solution. So that way, in the event that you do feel like one person got fished or their, their credentials were compromised, you can disable that account, which disables it across the nine or 10 accounts that you may be using. Um, just having a different type of, I guess, break glass in case of emergency type scenarios where in the event that something does go down, you have reliable backups that you know you can at least have encrypted versions of your data so you know that's secure. Being able to quickly disable accounts if you know one user was compromised, different items like that to make sure that you are going to stay safe 
in the the emergency event that your vendor was attacked. Yeah, and even to go a little bit deeper on that point, um, with the cloud being more dynamic and, and obviously a lot cheaper since you're not buying any physical hardware, um, one thing that, that really helps too is if you take some of the money that you're saving by going to the cloud and invest that into kind of like a Rapid7 solution where uh, it helps you identify maybe the account that got compromised while it's happening. So you're able to disable the account in real time and minimize, uh, minimize basically what could have happened in that situation. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times that even just working from home here, I get a message from one of the, the SOC analysts uh, at Archon saying like, hey, did you just log in Office 365 with your administrator account? Um, and I'm like, oh, yep, that was me. But it, it's it's amazing how quickly that comes through. And mm-hmm. for you know, 99 times out of 100, it's going to be that false positive where, yes, this was me. I did that. You can disregard this alert, close it, take it. But for that one time that I'm sitting here working and then I get that message like, hey, someone logged into your admin account from, you know, from somewhere in New York. It's like, oh, no, that wasn't me. So you can quickly disable the account and minimize the damage. So you do bring a great point with that, with the the cost savings that you get from offboarding to a cloud solution and sort of rolling up a lot of your solutions into one package. You take that information or that that money that you save and throw that into a Rapid7 or a SIM solution. So that way you have that advanced logging and that alerting. So that way you can just really have eyes on all the situations that can possibly go down and any funny business that's going on. You can see that and right away disable the, you know, the the attacked accounts. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, with on-prem environments and cloud environments, like how, like baseline, how you lock it down, there's a lot of similarities. Like you're going to want two factor on accounts. Um, you're going to want to make sure things are being accessed from a secure, you know, portal. Um, if it's like a, you know, a virtual machine in the cloud, you're still going to want antiviruses, uh, on the VMs and all that good stuff. Um, but I think with the cloud coming into play, it's making things move faster. Uh, it's making you know things can scale up and down a lot quicker um so we're seeing just the it industry become faster moving and there's a lot of solutions that are in place that are outside of you know multi-factor outside of antivirus that can help you move with how fast the it world is moving um and you know rapid seven is just a perfect example of when something happens you get an alert that it happened and now if it's a true vulnerability or if it's a true compromise um you're dealing with that in real time and you're not uh seeing that a bunch of data was compromised and you're trying to recover uh from the situation basically i guess if if you're putting the correct measures in place with the cloud it allows you to be proactive uh versus reactive and your company still gets to save money exactly and and i know that we have a webinar coming out uh later this month that will go a lot more in depth with securing the cloud um with a couple of the other experts that we have at archon so if you're interested in in hearing more about this or or more of the fine-tuned solutions make sure you tune into that yes perfect yeah well uh that's definitely going to be a good webinar to to uh look into and watch because uh, you'll definitely learn uh, some stuff on there um but as far as like high level cloud security goes sean i think that's uh, pretty much all i have is there anything you want to mention uh, before we wrap this up no i think that that covers most of it like i said um you know any any more in-depth stuff we'll go into next episode or, or through that webinar so uh, make sure you keep an eye out for both those Awesome. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening and joining uh, for the first episode of 2021. Um, We'll be having a second episode coming out later in the month uh, where we go over more, uh, more 
case by case things that happened, how it could have been prevented, um, and basically what did the company do uh, to remediate the situation. Um, we'll also be doing our security tips every Tuesday, and they're kind of going to be focused on cloud security as well this month. Um, and then we also have a webinar coming out later this month uh, that's going to go more in depth about basically what your IT department can do uh, to secure the cloud. Uh, so as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, um, and we look forward to you guys joining us for episode two on cloud security later this month. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah.